You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com. Last week we talked about the fact that God has already overcome and now we go to enforce it. We're the tribe that goes and gets the opportunity to enforce that on the planet. And tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer, a little bit more. You're saying, David, we talk on prayer virtually every week. I know that, but the reason why we need to talk about it is because if you do prayer meetings casually, then this furnace is not meeting the goal of why we convene. And, if, and, and night after night after night, we have to press in for all that God will have for us, all that God will do. And so you get, you got 10 billion podcasts out there on how to do dating well. Go listen to them. You got thousands of, uh, of opportunities and books to read about how to be relevant. Go read them. Go read those. But, but in this people, this group, a part of how God views us is a group of people that have decided to night after night after night cry out in prayer for God to work in our generation. And, and that's really the distinction. That's really what's unique. It's really not unique that you read books. I mean, it's cool. I mean, that's a part of the discipleship process, uh, but that's not that unique. The mission trip, lots of people go on mission trips. I mean, it's, it's common in local churches. Uh, it's not as common as it should be. Hopefully it'll be more common. But the thing that I believe when God sees us, when he looks down, he sees the level of hunger in our heart. And the way that that uh, plays out is that we night after night cry out in prayer. And that there, there has to be this, this diligence, there has to be this urgency, there has to be this consistency. Uh, but in order for those things to take place, we have to just kind of remind each other time after time after time, why are we doing this? Who are we? Where is God taking us? And, and, and realistically, I mean, we could be doing so many things. We could have so many different um, structures. Why is nightly prayer meetings, day after day after day, so vital to our existence? Why do we do this? Now, I want to just keep pounding that on us. And I, I want to convince you tonight. I, I, mean, I want to just get like a little window and, and just kind of get in your brain so that you reiterate it. Over and over again to your heart, just like David did, you know, David would talk to his heart. I want you to, you're, you have to talk to your heart when you're sitting in that prayer center night after night. You have to. Here you are again and man, all your buddies are out at Red Robin and you are at this blessed prayer meeting with that big fat overgrown golf ball globe staring at it yet again. And that same person that annoys you on the microphone is screaming yet again, other than me, of course. And, and I just, I, I, but I believe that God loves it so much and God loves the hunger so much that I just want us to keep, just keep remembering why we do it and who we are. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this, uh, this idea that prayer is where the action is at. Prayer is where the action is at. All of you that have grown up and America, you know that everybody wants to be where the action's at, you know? If everybody's hanging out at the movies, you want to know, where's the happening thing? Where's it, where's it going down? What's happening tonight? Where's the cool place to be? You know, when I was in junior high, the cool place to be was a place called Crystal's. It was a little, it was a pizza place that was made for children, but somehow we junior high students thought it was awesome. And so that was the happening place, you know? It's where the action was at. That's where the excitement was. 
You know, the excitement was being there with uh, all the other little junior high girls, you know, and that you get to flirt with, right? It was the, where the action was, was where you get to spend $3 on pizza and cool, it's a cool place. That's where the cool people are going to be at. That's where the action is. Nobody wants to be where the action's not. You know, nobody wants to be isolated alone with mom and dad when the cool place is crystals. When you got into high school, you know, if you did not go to prom, you were uh, considered uncool. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember sitting at Taco Bell with one of my uh, friends that was another nerdy male and we're sitting at Taco Bell the night of prom going, we're not where the action's at. This is, this is a bad night for us. And then our other friend came out. He was actually serving, you know, burritos to us. And he's like, we're, we're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going into the bathroom. Someone just clogged the, to- the toilet at Taco Bell and uh, I'm going to clean it. And I remember having the thought, he, he is not where the action's at. He is, he is, I mean, there, there are like the cool people dressed up, spending money, hanging out. I mean, there, there's the cool place called prom up the road we're at taco bell and our best friend is going to unplug the the toilet worse yet in the women's restroom and 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 that's not where he wanted to be either i can guarantee you you all know what it means you know what i'm talking about this desire to be where the action's at and the way that our culture kind of interprets it is where the cool people are at you know where um if it's a business world then it's where the business is going down you know where are you going to rub shoulders with the, the movers and shakers in the business? You know, that kind of thing. Pagans, and pagans, where the action's at is where you're getting high or maybe where you're getting drunk or, uh, got lear- uh, learned this word today, um, or you're using the beer bongs. Yeah, did I say it right? Um, is, that, is that cool? Um, or here, I got this one today. Or you are going to uh, smoke a blunt. Um, uh, that's what the cool pagan people do, you know? Cool pagan people are smoking the blunts, uh, drinking beer bongs or whatever. Um, you know, that kind of thing, having the, the one-night stand factor, that idea. The, the conservative pagans, you know, like not the horrible people, you know, where the action's out for them is they're out, you know, partying, slandering. Maybe they're not doing one-night stands. Maybe they're having sex with their girlfriend and uh, smoking, not inhaling, you know, something like that. And that's kind of like... That, that, might be, that might be where, you know, kind of the conservative pagan is. But, but, but what about us? I mean, we're the ones we sign on the dotted line. There's nobody here that hasn't said yes to making Jesus Lord of your life by virtue of being in this discipleship program. If you have not said yes to being, to being a Christian, you're crazy because we live a crazy life and this is nuts for you. Um, and so I'm building on the assumption that we're all there. And so for us, what I have found is that there... That, that realistically, we got to believe in, in our gut that realistically, where the action is at is in the God stuff. And sometimes what I'm so surprised by is how people want to kind of mix and match and kind of do like, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to compartmentalize. This is my spiritual life. Here's my relational life. Here's my evangelistic life. But I want to get, I want to get inside of you that Monday night when we're having this prayer meeting and there's... 11 people there, or 40, or 80, or 150, and the worship leader is off tune, and the prayer leader drives you insane. Sorry, Monday night. (laughs) Tuesday night when the music's incredible. Just kidding. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like what we're doing night after night, And, and everybody else, you know, and even Christian people, you know movies and Red Robin, 
There you are sitting in that prayer meeting again. I want by the end of this talk tonight for you to feel, I mean, not just, I mean, not just kind of like think, oh, that was a, a sentence that David said, but I mean, I want you to get in your gut and in your heart that, man, prayer is where the action is. Prayer is really the deal, man. It's really, it's really what's going to matter. Ezekiel chapter 22, it's famous. You know this verse. God talking, verse 30. I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. You don't really hear that verse too often in Sunday school. Here's God talking. He says, I looked for a man. I looked for someone to stand in the gap. Most of us growing up in church, you know, you say stand in the gap. Most of us are thinking, you know, promise keepers, men's meeting, or some of you are still thinking about them all. <laughs> you're kind of barely saved people, you know. That's kind of where, yeah, you're not really prayer people yet till the word gap means prayer, you know. That's a joke. Uh, you know, but when you say stand in the gap, but look at this concept. Here's, here's this thing, and it says, I find it just intriguing to read. It says, God looked for a man. Well, what on earth is God looking for a man for? I mean, come on, he's God, isn't he? can God just do whatever he's going to do? What on earth? It's a bizarre thing. I mean, come on now. We all know that God's sovereign. We know he's omnipresent. We know he's omniscient. We know he's omnipotent, so he can do everything he wants. He's got all the power in the world. Why would God seek out a man? Bizarre thought. Why? What, what, what on earth? Just an intriguing thing to God, that God so desires relationships with you and I. He so desires that his future bride, Revelation 19, his future bride, he wants to be practiced in petitioning, in crying out, in overcoming the enemy, and he has voluntarily decided to allow human beings to be the ones that enforce his agenda on planet Earth. It's bizarre. So much so that in Ezekiel says, God looked for a man. I want to do this. I wanted to do this on the planet, but I couldn't find a man because I couldn't find it. I did this. Huh? Oh. I mean, think about it. The God of the ages, the omnipotent God says, I want to do, I mean, just imagine that thought. I want to do this. Where's the man? Can't find it. Guess not. Intriguing. Do you find that intriguing? I, I, I just think that if God has said, man, I want to use human beings on the planet, I'm gonna, and I'm going to intentionally set up this dynamic, this thing called prayer, where what I want is I want them to use my power and ask me to do stuff. And I want them to, if you will, pray. And when they voluntarily pray, then I'm going to do stuff. When we get that in our core, 
then there will be a conquering mentality that I think currently we lack. I mean, what I've found, when, sometimes when I talk to people, it's got, they'll talk about the enemy and they'll talk about Satan. Um, most people don't talk about Satan because it's not culturally okay to talk about Satan. So we just, you know, would rather not. But when we do, it's kind of like this Satan that is so, uh, he's so attacking me, you know, he's so, and, I'm, and I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that. And most of the time it's, it's kind of this, ooh, here's the barrage of attack that's on me. And, and sometimes I start to feel like in their mind, though not verbalized, that there's this image of Satan, almost like he's invincible. You know? I mean, he's always going to have his way. Sin's always going to be on the earth. He's the God of this age, little G. We know that. And um, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. And so here we are. The invincible Satan. But friends, we talked about last week. Remember, we talk about this a lot now. Because <laughs> this is a theme that I'm like beating into your brains which is, he is hurled down. You remember that? That that's where this thing's going? And what I want to get in our hearts is not the idea that he is in, invincible, but that it is not just possible to overcome him, but as a Christian, it is your role to defeat him. It is what is required of you. It is what is expected of you. Jesus doesn't expect us to marinate on the planet frustrated by the little devil that's bugging us. What our goal is, is one day, Revelation 3 says, we're going to rule and reign with him, Revelation 3.21. And where we got to be is, is in the business of practicing, learning how to defeat him. Huh? That's who we are. And we got this little window of time on the earth. We got this little like, you know, 70, 80, 90 years. And that's what we do. What we do, and you know what? The crazy thing is, is right now, the measure to which you are conquering the enemy in your own journey, in your own life, the measure to which you're doing it is being weighed in heaven. And some of you, your roles in heaven, what you're going to do as a part of the redeemed in eternity in ruling and reigning with Christ will be measured based upon how well you overcome the devil now. <laughs> no pressure. And the place where you do that, the place where you get power is prayer. Prayer's where the action's at. Prayer, well, David, I don't know, you know, like, maybe, maybe what I got to do is, you know, like, I got to spend 10 years, I got to spend 10 years, you know, doing my pre-med, and then I'm going to do schooling, then I'm going to do my my medical internship deal. and I, I'm willing to take 10 years so that I could make a measurable impact by, by being a doctor down the road. Isn't that good? We need more of those. But let me tell you something. You know what? Every individual, every individual that decides to not just do a 10 years of an internship, you know, to be a doctor one day so they can really make an impact, they can really do things. I want you to imagine this entire journey of life. It's just your little internship before you find out what you do in heaven. Let me say it differently. If you want to, if your ultimate goal is to be the assistant manager at McDonald's, and that's like your dream, you know, then what you're going to do is you're going to be like, 
dude, I can do drive through and you're going to show up and you're going to smile big. You're going you're to have a little bit of training where you read the little McDonald's deal and you're going to take a little test. They're going to say, sweet, you're on. It's going to take you about six months of smiling and drive through before they're like, thank God a, a happy person is here. You're the new assistant manager. <laughs> it took you a little bit of time, you know, like maybe read for an hour. Six months of smiling and your life ambition accomplished. But if your goal is to be the hot rod, you know, brain surgeon, it's going to take, and like, you know, that's going to take, I don't even know what that's going to, I know it's going to be a lot though, because I know that to touch my brain, you better have been to school a lot before I let anybody cut open my head. So I hope that the American system has it in place to where, I mean, you got to get a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a flag laga degree, a PhD, and then 47 internships before you ever touch anybody's brain. <laughs> you can touch somebody's burger, and it's not a big deal. But when you go to touch their brain, you better have been trained. And we'll do it. I mean, we'll do it. We'll say, sweet dude, I'll embrace 10 years of college in order to, you know, make $500,000 a year rather than five bucks an hour. That's worth it. You know? Man, think about it. I mean, man, if I don't even get done until I'm 35, pff, I'm going to live another probably at least another 35 years, maybe 40, maybe more. I, 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 that's, that's worth it. I'll go to school for that. I, I mean, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take out that time. Why? Because it's a return on my investment that my life would be a greater impact in helping others, that it would be able to help their brains and not just their burgers in their stomach. And, and, and also the, the benefit that I receive is, you know, I have more training than other people. Thus, I am promoted to that level. Thus, my lifestyle is better. You know, my house is bigger. My cars are faster. My boat exists. Um, <laughs> and therefore, it's worth it. I want you to lock in with this prayer thing because every one of you have said yes to the gospel. I'm not talking to non-Christians here, so therefore all of you are going to rule and reign with Christ one day. Everybody say amen. Amen. Now, some of us are going to be not overcoming a whole lot. And we're going to take prayer and overcoming the enemy as a side item to being a part of the redeemed. And we're not going to engage the way that Jesus calls us to. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, when it says pray without ceasing, we're going to say, well, my, my life's a prayer, and I don't know, I'll throw that one out. And we're going to create ways to essentially put us in the position to just rule and reign to the smallest degree we could in eternity. But there's going to be some of you that get really locked in and in love with Jesus. And rather than asking the question, how little can I do and still rule and reign with you? You're going to say, how much can I possess your authority on planet earth so that I might be as effective on the planet, but really as effective in the billion years that I rule and reign with you? Because <laughs> this still, this 80-year thing on the planet, this is short compared to what what you're going to do. I mean, this is just the beginning of the beginning. We've barely begun.
I mean, this invitation to pray is, it's not twisting God's arm to try to do stuff on earth. I mean, it's the God of the ages wants to do stuff. He says, I've looked for a man. I'm looking for someone. And when you do it, you're getting practice on ruling and reigning with him forever and ever. Whew, that's not bad. I mean, I could take that, and you've heard me preach a million sermons on prayer. I could take that one and just go, man, hey, just the practice of ruling and reigning makes it worth it to be spotless and pure and praying all the time and overcoming the enemy. Why? Well, I want to be ready in heaven one day. Too busy, though. Too busy to pray, man. Dude, I got a lot to do. Think about this. The angels... Angels would sure love to be able to partner in prayer the way that redeemed human beings have the opportunity to do. I mean, I don't know what it's like for the angels to be like in heaven, seeing God's glory, knowing who God is, seeing the fact that we have free will on the planet, doing what we want to do, knowing that we have the potential to partner in a way that they could only dream of. I mean, I wonder if Gabriel and Michael are looking around and they're looking at little furnace guys and we're going, dude, we're radical, man. I mean, we're like praying every night. And really what we're doing is we're texting to the whole prayer meeting. We've got our mind going on other directions and we're not engaging with the person up there because we don't like that person. We've really just endured the two-hour prayer meeting for the sake of feeling radical. And they're looking at us going, man, those guys don't have a grid for who they are. Those guys don't really know what, if they just Engage in this prayer thing. I mean, they're literally, their prayers rival far beyond what even presidents decide. And what's said in marching orders among the military. I mean, they're, they're, what they've got, whew, shaking the planet, could be. I mean, I just wonder if Michael's not looking at Gabriel going, dude, Come on, man, you're Baby Shaq's angel. Wake him up. Sorry, it takes a big angel for you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, imagine what you possess. And when you you get that, then we don't have to be self-congratulatory all the time walking around being like, dude, hey, congratulations, Brandon. I am, man. You're so holy. I mean, imagine, here you are at the prayer meeting the night of the Super Bowl. Man, you are like, dude, you are dedicated. Dude, you are not of this world. You are such a great, such a great guy. I mean, God must really like you. Because when you get this inside of you, you're like, well, of course Brandon's here. Man, I mean, he's getting to like the opportunity to impact the world. And he's going to rule and reign with Christ. And this is the most, this is the best way he could spend this evening. Sunday, February 4th. For sure he's at the prayer meeting. Why? Woo-hoo! Because that's the best way to spend it on earth. And I'm not walking around going, <laughs> dude, Friday nights, man, we're kicking it. <laughs> Friday nights, man, we're feeling good about ourselves because well, everybody else at the movie theater, we're not. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 man, we're humbled and we're going, no way. The God of the ages has offered me the invitation to rule and reign with him. He's offered me the invitation to impact the planet. He's already said what he wants to do. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All I do is say that back to him and I am enforcing his will on the planet. And that whole time, there's literally an impact on the earth as well as he's training me to rule and reign with him forever and ever. And the angels are jealous of my opportunity to pray. I, Super Bowl holds nothing on me. 
Super Bowl don't move me. No way. He's God. I'm not. But he's invited me to literally the highest place he possibly can without infringing upon his Godhead. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to argue with that. Let's pray. Let's go for it. Oh, David, yeah, I don't want to spend my, how much time in prayer, man? Come on, dude. I mean, you know, I want to make a measurable impact. I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to make tons of money. Whether you're a businessman, a president, a prophet to the nations, a singer, an author, whatever you may say, if you do it to the absence of a prayer life, to the absence of literally spinning your life on your face before God. All of the schooling, all of the training, all of the service, quote unquote, for the hurting people. Be 1% of what it could have been if you're on your face. And I'm not saying that in terms of being able to view it with earthly impact. I'm saying when you stand before God one day and you look back at your life. Because there's things you may not ever be able to see with your own eyes, but you will see on that day. We'll look back and we'll go, ay, 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 mm. <laughs> This is a hard moment for me to say this, but a lot of us are ungifted and untalented. Sorry. I know that's offensive. I know. I know and we like, you know, where people believe in spiritual gifts and we got to get all the gifts and we got lots of talents and all that. But most of the time when you talk to people about like what they want to do, it's this glorious, man, I'm going to be this amazing prophet to the nations or I'm going to be the richest man or I'm going to be this most amazing and this incredible, incredible life. And I, I don't want to ever be the one that says don't reach for the stars. I do say reach, for, reach to the stars, for the stars. You, you can't reach stars, so forget the whole idea. But reach for, go as, never mind. Go for it, tiger. Um, but but I, 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 I will say this. Let's just do the math and look at how many people are famous actors. How many people really are the who's who of the planet? You know, the, wow, they really did something. Most people finish their life without ever having massive congratulations from the financial community, the church community, the entertainment community. Most people finish their lives fairly quietly. With, a lot, with, not, with not a lot of fanfare. And there's probably some Michael Jordans in the room, you know, me and my brother, but um, there, might be some, there might be some of you guys that have like, I mean, superstardom in something, business or even church, even missions, even those things. But, but most of us, the greatest hour is not what we'll accomplish on earth. The greatest hour is who we're going to be in eternity. That's really what we're living for. And I know it feels good to be like, you know, 
you're a kid and mom and dad say, come on, David Perkins, you got a dream to be in the NBA? You can do it. <laughs> come on now. You can do whatever you set your mind to. But you know what? In the end, what I've found is the people that have sought that kind of service, be it a sport, be it business, or be it ministry, and they didn't have this prayer thing on the inside. In the end, they're burnout, frustrated, and unfulfilled. But you know what? I can tell you, I know where fulfillment can happen. There can be fulfillment in the place of prayer, and you can be in average intelligence, mediocre height. You can be just average you. And stand with, maybe not a prophet to the nations, but made like a peon to the nations and be okay. You can stand and maybe not be the richest businessman, but you're making at least a hundred bucks a month and people are glad that you're still alive. And so they're sending you 50 bucks from the States just to keep you alive and be okay. You could stand and have had the vision to be Tom Cruise and instead be Napoleon Dynamite and be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can, you can. You can go, you know why? Because, because this prayer thing, this prayer thing, you're shaking the earth, but you're ruling and reigning with Christ. You get to be where angels only dream of. That's where the action's at. And in our culture, most people go, no way. I mean, dude, you're, you're in that furnace thing. You're up at that prayer center praying all the time. Come on, man. Don't you know she likes you? She doesn't like you. If you go here, then she might like you. And, and we got to see this movie and that. And we got to do this thing and that thing. And man, we got to at least go play, you know, rollerblade hockey some more. And whatever the thing is, you're going to miss the deal, dude. I mean, the action train is going by and you're over in the corner praying, you're missing it. And what I want it to be inside of us is we're not missing it, we're living it. We're not lost. We're not lost hoping for that parade of success to kind of jump in and get our thing. And man, somebody look at me and hey, I want to be in the parade too. Man, the parade can go by, doesn't matter. I know who my God is, I'm content right here. Where the action's at, man. Go drink your beer bong, man. Go do your dill. Go hang out. Go watch your movie. Go get high on that. Dude, I know. I, I am fully content with this beat up old cheap Bible. An off key musician singing. And the spirit of God on my heart. I'm down. I'm all right. I know who I am. I'm cool. Actually, I'm where the action's at. I know that's hard for you to bleep. <laughs> I, I got, got the life of God burning inside of me. And I've tasted and I've seen that he's good. And I know him and I... He's invited me into this invitation of drawing near him and spending a bunch of evenings on my face in prayer. I'm connecting with the God of the ages. And dude, I know this is hard for you to get because you think that where the action is is where people are applauding you and where people are liking you. But this 
this action is taking place inside of me. This God of the ages is alive inside of me. And I know who I am. I'm going to rule and reign with him forever and ever. And I mean, I'm a part of this redeemed group of people that are going to declare his greatness. I'm going to, dude, I, I appreciate the invitation. I, I, I know it's kind of weird that I've turned down going to the Home Depot hot dog stand three nights in a row, but I, I know where the action's at, man. I know it. And I know Colorado Springs has a lot of fun times to offer. I know that like no city on the earth, this is where the good times happen. But if it's okay with you, brother, I think I'll just... I'll just soar past that tonight. I'll remind myself of who my God is, and what he's declared about me to be true. I'll remind myself that I don't live for time. I live for eternity. And if you're all right, dude, I'm just going to soar in God tonight. And you know what? <laughs> if you want to come with me, <laughs> you'll get greater action on your face in the prayer meeting with the stinky world person or carpet than you'll ever get down on uh, Tejon. That's where the action's at. I want to be where God is. Colossians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, look at this. Verse 2. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and, unify, and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. Say full riches. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wait, let me say that again. The mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures. Friends, look at that word all right there. All the treasures of wisdom and not all. If you believe the Bible to be true, then you find, you go, man, there's some secret, some wisdom and some treasure that we'll find on these ESPN stats. Wrong. There's some wisdom and there's some treasure in this psychology book. I'm telling you, friends, you want to know where the real wisdom and the real treasures are according to the word of God. It's in Christ. Where, where on earth, where on earth does God Make those treasures known. Does he, does he tell them to the people that have, you know, like, just seen miracles and so God finally gives it to them? Is it just for those guys down in Mexico? Is it just for, is it, is it, is it just for the guys in Korea that do the prayer mountain all the time, praying day and night? Is it, maybe it's for the intellectual, intellectual people, you know, the people that can articulate slay words like that, you know? Maybe it's for, Maybe it's for the PhD people, you know? Maybe it's in the seminaries. Maybe you get it, you know, once you get a gold medal and you win the Olympics, you know, and like, ah, God, treasures you. No. Where? Who? How? The redeemed 
in the secret place, alone with God, by yourself, Bible open, heart alive. God, come get me. It's me again. It's me. The one that so desperately wants all that you'll give. Hey, it's me. And everybody around you, you'll hear 10,000 echoes. You need this, you need that, you need this, you need that, you need, you need to be educated on this, you need to be educated on that, you need to get this, you need to get that, you need, you need all these things. Of which there's no end. But we are the ones that go, um, the omniscient God. That means the one who knows all things. He wants to reveal the hidden treasures of the knowledge of God to me. <sighs> I think it's worth these couple hours alone. He wants me. It's worth it. I want to encourage you guys in this season when you're kind of getting started devour as much secondhand knowledge as you can get. As many preachers saying stuff, as many books but don't stop there. That's like, that's like the kind of the gross egg drop soup at the, at the Chinese restaurant that you just kind of eat a bite of and push away until you get the real meal, you know, the good stuff. Because the second hand stuff, just that little, it's just so, it's so, it's so, it's so little compared to when you get the meat, when you get the second round, the good stuff of you alone with God and he gives you firsthand revelation. And all of a sudden, the verse that you've heard since you were a child that you could quote because it was on VeggieTales isn't just the idea anymore. Instead, what is this? The, the living God caused something for you to see it in a way that it connects with you. It's firsthand revelation. And all of a sudden, the Bible's not just like, well, yeah, that's true and that's true. And I, well, I know the Bible says, and, and, but it's like, whoa, whoa, well, the Bible said, what? And it's that. I mean, sometimes I talk to people and they say, I know the Bible says that, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, even that face means that it's secondhand revelation for you, you know? Just that, well, I know the Bible says, but think about it. Where we want to be is, dude, the Bible says, da, 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 da. I can't even wrap my brain around it. But my heart's connected to it. I mean, how could someone really have all power? And yet, somehow there's evil on the earth. Is he really good? I know the Bible says, but. Let's talk. Verses, dude. I mean, scripture says he has all power. Whew, I don't know how that works. Let's talk about it. See the difference? He's really big. And the conviction's already there. Thus, the conversation's okay. Not the skeptic, well, I don't know. But when it's alive inside of you, the way you read is different. The way you talk is different. It's just life to you. And the people around you go, dude, I know you're a Bible thumper. I know you're kind of like, you just ignorantly accept the scriptures. And you look back at them and you go, 
Are you calling me ignorant, dude? No. You look back at him and you go, um, I want to be responsible to the greatest degree that I can to academically study the scriptures, but I'm not limited to that. See, my heart is supernaturally connected to the word of God that he speaks and he's speaking through this. And I get this when I'm alone with God and this is where it comes alive in me. And so we're not just talking about something that I know with my head. There's something alive inside of me. Excuse me, I know where the action's at. Peace. <laughs> I'm out. Back to the stinky little area in the prayer center where I can spit on the carpet. That's my place. That's where I like to be. That's my spot. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.